Have you ever wondered if it's possible to live in sync with your cycle? Do you struggle with a negative mindset around your period? Are you wondering if it's possible to be feminist and anti-birth control? We're going to explore these questions and so much more in the Managing Your Fertility podcast, because this is about helping you live a whole and full life. I'm your host and guide, Bridget Busacker, joining you in this journey of exploration related to women's healthcare, feminism, and fertility awareness. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, Marie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Bridget. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we jump into this topic of cycle syncing and the work that you do, I'm going to give an introduction for listeners. Mairead Sudhoff is a certified athletic trainer and a certified femme instructor. She thrives in inspiring women to chart their cycles. Her business, Lumina Health Services, teaches women how to chart for health, body literacy, cycle syncing, and family planning, which is so awesome. Her background in sports medicine makes her particularly passionate about helping active women achieve cycle health and sync their workouts to the phases of their cycle. So super excited to jump into this topic. Um, And before we do, Mairead, can you just tell us a bit about you and your background. I mean, we've got a little bit of a capture here in the intro, but just a little bit more of how you got into this space and learning about cycle syncing and wanting to share this message. Yes. Um, So I was a champion Irish dancer for 15 years. So I've always been very active and love things, um, anything to do with the outdoors as well. So hiking is one of my favorite things to do outside. Um, And when I went to college to get into athletic training, I knew I wanted to get into the healthcare space somehow, but I really loved the idea of working with active minded individuals. I initially thought about getting into physical therapy, but then that kind of took me in a different direction with athletic training. Um, And so when I was there in school, I started to be, it started to experience a lot of really debilitating symptoms. I was kind of a late bloomer in my cycle. Didn't actually have a first period until I was 17. And so it was pretty new after I went to school that I was regularly cycling and I had all of these crazy symptoms that were really not, not something that anybody should be experiencing. But of course I thought that they, part of them were normal. And then FEM, the organization that I'm certified to teach with, they came and spoke at my school and they gave a few different talks. They were initially on a panel for just, um, women's health in general, reproductive health. And then they came and gave some talks specifically about FEM and about their protocol and their organization. And I just immediately fell in love with them. And I loved the, the whole um, concept of charting for health and I loved what they were doing. And so I learned to chart. And then they also came and did an intensive program for certifying people on campus who were interested within the healthcare space. And so I took their program when they came to school and through learning to chart with them and learning to teach charting, it was just like all of these different things kind of fell into place about how, okay, well, a lot of these symptoms that I'm experiencing are obviously are not normal on my period and was able to um, help kind of guide a treatment plan for myself. But then I started having these conversations with a lot of my friends and talking about how, you know, this is not what you should be experiencing on your cycle. And this is what's normal and this is what's not. And so I initially started with just, you know, kind of the, the view of what's healthy versus what's not healthy. And then as I continued to chart and I started to see my cycles heal over time to see that big transition, I recognized 
little bit more of the nuances in my cycle of how I felt throughout the cycle and my energy waves um, and just things that I was really interested in doing. And I kind of stumbled across a few different people who were talking about this conversation of cycle syncing. And from there, it was like, okay, well, this is really intriguing. How, how does one cycle sync? How, how do you get started on something like this? So I started to do a little bit of research and there wasn't a whole lot um, out there, but the few people that were having this conversation were, um, were very interesting. And I started to implement some of these ideas into my own cycle and my own phases. And it just really clicked with me. And I've kind of been doing it ever since with different, different things. Not so much nutrition, um, but definitely I've done it a lot with exercise and with social activities and projects. And it's just, it's really fun. That is so awesome. I know um, I did an interview with Megan Fowler who runs the Align Cycle and she works as a menstrual cycle and productivity strategist focusing a lot on work schedule and social. So it's really cool to hear how you focused in on not only exercise, but also work projects, social life, and just seeing, okay, how do I optimize my life and in conjunction with my cycle and not just saying like, okay, my cycle is the problem. I hate my period. You know, it's really saying, okay, how do I honor my body in this space and how do I, you know, actually optimize my life with it instead of just thinking, okay, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) Right. Well, I think you have to think about it as, you know, this, it's a part of who you are and it's not something that's happening to you. Like once you take charge of it and once you decide, okay, well, I want to get my cycles healthy and I want to recognize why my hormones make me feel a certain way, then you can start to implement those things because you, you understand that that's just, that is the way that you're created and it's with good reason. And of course you shouldn't be miserable at any point during your cycle. There's obviously there are things that, you know, are red flags, but those natural fluctuations that make you feel more inclined to socialize versus less like that's not something that's just happening to you that's that's part of your womanhood and it's really it's unique and it's beautiful and you can embrace it and use it I really like that and how you say it's taking charge of it it's owning it instead of saying like oh this is just happening to me and it's the worst it's like no this is a part of who I am so how do I how do I use this well and honor it well um so we're I mean related to all of this tell us about your business and what you offer to your clients yeah, absolutely. So I, I teach FEM, I teach the protocol FEM, which is uh, an acronym for fertility education and medical management. And I have two different workshops currently. One of them is a focus on charting for health. And then the other one has a focus for family planning. So FEM can be utilized as a fertility awareness method that focuses on, you know, red flags in the cycle, what's normal for um, your cycle parameters versus what's not, and how can you take any of these symptoms um, to a healthcare professional and help them have them help you address them. Um, so that workshop focuses on all of those aspects. And then the family planning workshop is essentially all those same things, but it also gives you the tools to apply this information to your family planning, which is obviously great if you're taking this into a marriage and, you know, you're wanting to maybe have, even if you just want to have the understanding of being able to postpone um, conception, but, you know, it also, it works, it works great as well when you're obviously actually acting it out. Um, We've been able to postpone a couple of pregnancies and also use the same information to achieve pregnancy. So it's really a wonderful tool within a marriage to use that. But these two workshops, I have them broken up into um, 
multiple pre-recorded sessions. So people can go ahead and if they want to, they can binge all of the sessions at once at once and get all of that information going and then uh, refer back to them if they need to um, as they're kind of in the thick of things as they're beginning to chart. But then there's also a lot of supplementary um, information as well. A lot of small booklets and infographics, printables that people can use to uh, review information. And then on top of that, included within these workshops is, is multiple sessions with me, multiple one-on-one -on -one sessions where we can catch up, ask, you can ask me any questions you have about your charts or about the protocol in particular. Um, and then that's where I can give you that personalized advice on, you know, what you might need to do in terms of little tweaks to your lifestyle or your healthcare regime that can help you, um, you know, with whatever you might be struggling with, or if there are any red flags within your cycle that, you know, really do need to be addressed, I can help you figure out, okay, where, where should you take this information? Who would be a good provider for you? Can you work through the FEM network? Or is there somebody in your area that you can work with? Um, and just help you to get those issues addressed. That is so, so that's great. Yeah, that's primarily what I'm doing right now. And then I'm working on a few different projects, um, just smaller resources for people to get started and like a chart your basics course um, where women who really are just completely overwhelmed with this information and have no idea where to turn, you know, where they should turn to, um, they can get an understanding of the very basics to chart, especially when it comes to, you know, things like cervical mucus and then have an introduction to essentially all the different methods that are out there. What are their options? And you know, if they don't want to chart with the FEM protocol, where could they go after that? So that's one of the things that I'm working on currently. That's so awesome because it's so needed for women to feel that and to know that they have options. Um, and just to have, have that, I think through you, especially as a, as a certified FEM instructor to say, here's what I offer here. Are also other options. If you find that this might not be a good fit for you. And then I think too, just the courses that you offer and identifying that, you know, this isn't just something for married couples. This is for every woman to do, but we can break that down. So you have that tailored information that's, you know, tailored to your lifestyle right. and where you at right, where you're at right now, you know, are you single? Are you married? Are you engaged? So that's fantastic. Exactly. Um, so let's get into it a little bit more with cycle syncing for individuals listening and they're thinking, okay, this sounds really cool, but what the heck does that mean? Can you give us an overview of what cycle syncing is? Yes. So essentially I like to break it down um, in this way. You think about your cycle. Um, and the ups and downs that you see, it's really kind of a blueprint for switching up your lifestyle and your routine to those phases. So it's not something that's like a hard and fast rule that you can say, you know, in this phase of the cycle, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And in this phase of the cycle, you have to eat X, Y, and Z. It's just the idea that our, as our cycle phases, as they change, um, our hormones obviously are changing. Those levels are changing and the different hormones that are dominant are changing. And those have an impact on so many areas of our life. They impact our mood, they impact our energy, they impact our physical and mental abilities. So just knowing what and why is happening helps you kind of create a more rhythmic and fluid lifestyle that supports those changes as opposed to, you know, trying to force, um, force things into a box and say, okay, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm having to live a certain way um, and I'm miserable. You can take that knowledge and say, okay, well, right now I can put off, you know, this project that I'm working on or 
whatever it is, maybe I know that this food doesn't really serve serve me very well. It doesn't really support me um, during my luteal phase. So I'm not going to eat this during my luteal phase. It's essentially just this way of, you know, creating more of a rhythmic way of approaching your lifestyle within the phases of your cycle. That's so awesome. I'm, I'm really just like amazed by this because I learned about it just in this past year through talking with you and then finding out about a few different resources. And I was thinking, how, how did I not know about this or yeah. think beyond, you know, just charting, like I could actually use this information to maximize my workouts. Um, yeah. and, and just like how powerful that information is for us to have as women so that we're not finding that we're just like slugging through a workout, which I know I so often did. And, and often, you know, I knew, okay, I'm on my period. So this run might be a little bit harder, but just, I didn't even think like, no, I'm instead of running, I'm let's, let's choose something different, you know, or let's see like, how am I feeling? If I feel like this is a great day to do a run awesome, but if I'm not feeling up to it, that doesn't mean I've like ruined my workout schedule. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Well, how could I maximize that experience altogether, especially with different trainings I was doing with races and stuff. I was just like, oh my gosh, what the heck? I need right. this. Um, right. Can you break down the cycle, cycle syncing, how it works during each part of the cycle for us? Yes. Yeah. Um, so essentially I like to break it down into the menstrual phase and then kind of early follicular phase, ovulation, and then the luteal phase. Cause I feel like it just makes the most sense. So I'll go ahead and talk about it that way. So essentially within the menstrual phase, you see that all of your hormones are really at their lowest point. Your progesterone is the dominant hormone, but it's also extremely low. So typically this is when women are experiencing kind of lower levels of energy, maybe a little bit of moodiness. You know, there's some symptoms that can be considered normal just based on the fact that you are bleeding. Um, so at this phase of the cycle, generally speaking, women aren't feeling like go-getters, right? You think like in terms of exercise, you know, like you're saying, you could get up and you can push through, you can slog through a workout that maybe um, would be really challenging at that point of the cycle that, you know, at other points wouldn't really bother you. Or you can consider this a good time to kind of rest and recuperate because of those low levels of hormones. When it comes to maybe your social life, for instance, again, most women aren't feeling really particularly social. So that might be a good time to just kind of hang out, stay at home. Um, so you can see how those different fluctuations, you know, would influence multiple areas of your life just within that one phase. As you start to gear up for ovulation, kind of pre-ovulation and in those early stages, you see your hormones rising and fluctuating at kind of crazy levels, especially closer, the closer you get to ovulation. So generally speaking around this same time, women will see um, increases in their levels of energy, they'll start to feel more social. Um, you're going to feel a lot more capable at the gym. Your, your mental capacity changes as well as you get closer to ovulation. So you're seeing FSH rise, you're seeing LH start to rise, and you're seeing um, estrogen as well start to rise as, those, um, as your ovaries start to gear up for ovulation, right? And also your testosterone. So once you, then you've reached ovulation, everything kind of comes to a peak. And that's when, again, you typically see levels of the highest levels of energy, your mental and physical abilities are at their height at that point. Uh, some of the crazy things that change that always like 
shock me when I think about it is, for instance, as our test, as our testosterone increases, your depth perception, perception changes. So women are actually better at things like parking during our, like around ovulation, because we have this increase in testosterone, (laughs) (laughs) which yeah, exactly. All of our spouses, boyfriends, fiancés, everybody, you know, within our life, that's a guy is like, ha, yep. (laughs) <laughs> you were pretty miserable parking at other times, aren't you? Um, but so things like that just really affect the way that, you know, we feel physically, but then also mentally as well. So we're better at spatial skills. We're better at um, having a conversation, just kind of keeping up a conversation within our uh, ovulation. And then once you've ovulated and you see that rise in progesterone, And initially, typically women will see um, still kind of the increased levels of energy as estrogen is slowly lowering and progesterone is slowly rising. So it's not like an immediate drop off, but typically towards the end of your luteal phase after about a week or so, once progesterone has reached its peak and then starts to decline, you will once again see those decreasing levels of energy and a little bit more um, introverted uh, aspects, you know, when it comes to social life and wanting to socialize and have conversations with people. So it's really like this beautiful rise and fall throughout the cycle of, you know, peaks of energy and then um, kind of a decline and an introversion. Our bodies are so incredible to be able to, to shift like this and just the depth perception aspect. I'm still hung up on that. I can't believe that that's something that happens to us. You know, again, it's like just those little things that we realize, like how important our hormones are and just to have a good understanding of our hormonal health and also to take care of our hormonal health if there are issues, because it's like just fascinating how everything is so interconnected and, and working together to really make impact in other areas of our health too. It is pretty wild. Just, and again, you don't really think about it because you think that, okay, well, our hormones, reproductive hormones have to do with our reproductive cycle and that's it, but they really do affect so many things. You know, they affect so much more beyond the reproductive system, beyond breast tissue. I mean, they affect our bone health, our brain health, like, so our metabolism, our blood sugar regulation. I mean, it's, it's all wrapped up. The body's one big fat unit and you can't separate it. I think that's the biggest thing is just seeing that separation with reproductive health. We've, we've really tried to put it in this little box and saying, okay, but this is the untouchable. This is the thing that we can't talk about, or, you know, we're taking away women's rights. You know, we have this like really false dichotomy and understanding of how this, of how this works when it's like, no, it's integrated. It's a part of who we are. And those hormones are integral, like you just said, to other parts of our body and how it functions. Like you can't really separate it. (laughs) Um, and if you try to, you're usually needing, you know, supplemental help with, with your hormones because you really need that system and functioning. Um, so do you find cycle syncing to be something that's growing in popularity or growing in knowledge and common knowledge for women, or do you think this is still very much in its early stages for, um, for women to understand that this is a possibility and a reality for them? Both. Um, I think that it's definitely, there's a, a lot of people that are talking about it more, but because there has not been much in the way of research or even, you know, when you hear about cycle syncing, you hear about the concept, 
first of all, you can't really cycle sync without a knowledge of your cycles. <laughs> so while women might be aware of this, until they have a working understanding of the reproductive cycle and what's their normal, they're not really able to do much with it. So there's that aspect of it. But then also because of that, there isn't a whole lot of experimentation because like I was saying that it's really a blueprint, right? For your life and your cycle, because all of our cycles are completely unique. And you can't say that, you know, you can break the cycle down into the 28 day cycle and you can, you know, give, a little bit of a guideline to how you can cycle sync, but until you apply it to your own cycle, you're not really able to experiment and see what works for you. And that's really where I think the rubber is going to meet the road. You know, when you start talking about cycle syncing, it's great to have that out in the world. And I do think there are more people who are, who are having this conversation and finding it to be a really fascinating subject, but until they're able to apply it to their lives, we're not really going to get anywhere in terms of, you know, how, how well does this work uh, within lifestyle, within nutrition, within exercise? A lot of it is it's speculation based on what we know on how the hormones affect us. So yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's definitely a fascinating conversation and there are more women within the fertility awareness space who are experimenting here and there, but it's also kind of overwhelming. You know, when you think about, okay, there's so many different things that I can apply this to. Uh, and some of the big ones obviously would be nutrition and exercise. And there are a lot of ways that you can, you know, start to experiment, but it's making that decision of, okay, well, what do I want to start with? What, you know, is going to be the most effective for me? So I think that's where we really need more support is in, in people, you know, giving those kind of basic guidelines on, okay, well, this is what it is. This is how you do it. And now here's a good suggestion on, you know, getting started in, in this area. And that's one of the reasons that I really particularly tried to hone in on cycle syncing exercise, because I love it. And I think it works extremely well. And I've been experimenting for a few years and it's worked great for me. And I've had a number of volunteers who have, you know, tested out kind of the way that I have approached it and they love it as well. So that's something that I hope to have, you know, more conversations about in, in the future for sure, because I think that it, it is, it makes so much sense for women to do that. You were telling me, um, in a different, well, on our Instagram live that it was the women's, the U S women's soccer team that had applied cycle syncing to their workouts. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, they have. I think there was another professional team as well. I want to say somebody was having this conversation with me the other day and I can't remember who they said it was, but I believe there was another professional team as well um, that applied it to some of their routines and they found the same results and they loved it. Which is so great to hear and seeing that you're, you know, it's starting with professional teams, but we also have that on an individual level, just to be able to see the different arenas that it can be applied to. It's, you know, it's not something that, oh, this is going to be too challenging or, or, you know, too unrealistic that a professional team is using it. 
to be able to help their players really enhance their performance, but then also on an individual level, how we can do this to be able to help shift our workouts. And I think it's so important what you said that, yes, you can have like a framework and say, okay, sure, for a 28-day cycle, but really you want to be creating the blueprint for your own cycle. And not every cycle is 28 days. You know, we're not here promoting the rhythm method. So mm-hmm. you could try the 28-day cycle, but really to work with someone like you and working with a professional, like looking at the research and saying, okay, how do I really understand my cycle based on my charts? And how can I actually maximize my workouts and see where I need to make changes and to be able to, I think, give ourselves that permission to be flexible as well and saying, okay, this didn't really work. Let me try something else. Um, I know another, another individual that I've spoken with on this and she totally maximized her, her running workouts. She's pregnant with baby number six, I think, you know, and just in the process of, of, um, cycle syncing in the past few years, she said her, just her goals in running have totally changed and how she takes care of her body and being a busy mom. And I was like, this is so great to hear (laughs) just Mm -hmm. to have these different women applying it and trying it in very different arenas. You know, maybe you're not a professional athlete or a big runner, but it's like, okay, if you enjoy movement and you're looking to see how you can expand your repertoire of workout options and movement options while aligning with your cycle, why not? Yeah. Um, Do you, Oh, go ahead. I just want to add something real quick to that because I think this is really important. Mm -hmm. I, my husband used to be a personal trainer through college and early after graduation and he was great at it. He loved it. Um, He's kind of an all-star athlete. And when I was coming up with some of these concepts for cycle syncing exercise, he used super helpful resource for me. But one of the things that he asked about a lot was, okay, well, what is the goal with this? You know, you have to have some sort of goal and when you're talking about obviously, you know, a sport, whether that's in college or professional, you know, um, or you have maybe a meet that you're training for or some sort of event, there's your goal, right? And that makes a lot of sense. But maintenance is also a goal. Being healthy is also a goal. And I think that when we have this crazy, like male dominated world of athletics and fitness, it's really difficult for women to keep that in mind and to think like, okay, I can take a break because this doesn't feel good for my body or I don't have to, you know, be PRing like personal record, breaking my personal best with, you know, X amount of runs in a month or with X amount of lifts within, you know, a certain training um, spree. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that same kind of goal oriented, Um, type of routine. And I think that's super important. And that's one of the reasons that I love this concept of cycle syncing exercise, because it really does take into account, like we are so different from men and we don't have to have those same goals. And in fact, in a lot of ways, it's really not good for our bodies and it's not good for our health. Like, does that mean that you can't go out and you can't be, you know, um, doing things like triathlons or, you know, going to powerlifting meets? Like, absolutely not you can totally go out and you can crush those goals, but just keeping in mind that like you have a very different, you can have a very different approach to fitness compared to your male counterparts. And that's okay. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's really um, reminding me of Dr. Stacey Sims, who's a researcher speaker. She's an expert in cycle syncing and talks about this. And she, she wrote a book roar and also talks about women are not small men. And I I think this is so good because I know she's had conversations, you know, around the dominance of men in the, in 
the workout space and just culturally, you know, what does that really look like? What are the, you know, the mantras and the ways that we approach working out and, um, you know, how does that actually play out mm-hmm. in our own ways of thinking? Like you addressed, you know, what's that rewiring essentially that women have to work on and saying, okay, I can be different than a man. And that's good. I'm made different than a man. I'm built differently. I have different hormones in play. So how do I maximize for my own body and not saying, okay, you know, like you said, I, it, it's a, it's almost like that PR hustle culture within working out and seeing how much you can push, how hard you can go every single time. Otherwise it's not a successful workout. Right. And it's such a narrow approach to a workout. And while it can be good for some, and it's not a bad thing, it's not the only way to work out. And you can still challenge yourself by honoring your body too, and recognizing, okay, these are what's going on in my hormones and my body. How do I need to transition or shift this? So I have a good workout experience and I I have, I'm meeting those goals or I'm maintaining my health. Um, And obviously there's a lot there to be said, but I think it's really important to remember that because we've seen such a male dominant culture within the workout space that Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes women are really trying to fit into instead of saying, what is my, what does my workout need to be? on an individual level, but then also to recognize as a female, my body is built differently. Um, you know, and what are my goals to do that? I know I, I personally got really into weightlifting and I love it, but I know there were times where it was just like, okay, I need to push harder. I need to lift more. I need to be tracking all the time. And it was like, well, okay, but is this actually like, is this what I actually want to do? Or am I doing this because I think it's the right thing to do? Um, because obviously I want to, you know, I have, you know, goals around, building more muscle or doing pull-ups and being able to accomplish those or something like that. But it was very much going in for every workout thinking I got to go hard. Even during those times in my cycle that I look back on now and go, I was so wiped, like pushing really hard and lifting super heavy probably wasn't the best. I should have done something more restorative or like stretching based or slower movement or like a Pilates just to like honor where my body was at, but also, so it felt good because there were times where like lifting didn't feel good. And I was like, I'm so wiped. I just need to be done. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I started doing that. Like I have been strength training for a long time as well. And I've loved it. And my husband was the one who got me into it, but it wasn't until I started to apply these concepts to, um, my strength training routine that I started to see honestly, some of the best gains that I've ever experienced. So it's really important to remember too, that regardless of who you are, whether you're male or female, like your body does need to rest. So you need to listen to it. You need to learn how to listen to it. And because we are so very different from men, what we're hearing is going to be different. So having that understanding of the cycle and knowing, okay, well, why do I feel this way? You know, is this going to be a good approach to exercise for, you know, this phase of the cycle? And then applying that, it changes that conversation with your body. It's going to change your whole, you know, the way that you approach your workouts, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be able to achieve those goals. And like I said, when I changed my exercise routine, it made a a huge difference. I was the same way. It was like, you'd come out of a workout and just feel exhausted and you shouldn't feel that way. You should feel energized coming out of a workout. It should be, you know, something that it, it maybe gives off a little bit of steam, but you know, you're not going to be completely wiped wanting to just lay around the rest of the day. And once I changed my whole perspective and started cycle syncing my exercise routine, cycle syncing my strength training routine, it was like, wow, I feel great every single workout and I want to work out. You know, it was never a, a dread 
like, oh my gosh, I need to go to the gym or else I'm going to miss this workout. It was like, yep, I'm ready for this. This is going to feel great. And then I came out of it feeling even better. So I definitely, I'm a, a huge proponent of women, not only strength training, but also women trying to cycle sync their routines. Do you think just based on what you said, do you think that cycle syncing can really help with that guilt and that mindset, you know, that, oh, I just need to do this workout. Like, especially for women, I'm thinking who hate going to the gym or hate working out. It may be that they're choosing the wrong workouts at different times in the cycle where otherwise, if they tailor it to what feels better, like you said, you still met your goals. You still saw gains in areas where you were hoping to build strength. So it's not to say like, just be gentle all the time. And like, don't mm-hmm. worry about your goals. Cause it's, it's okay. If you have fitness goals, you're like, no, I really want to like be able to squat X amount of weight, or I really want to like crush the pull-ups or be super flexible, whatever it might be. But do you think cycle syncing can help rewire and, and maybe shift that, that language and that feeling towards, you know, not just how we think about it, but how we actually feel towards like, Oh, I hate working out. Yes, absolutely. I think that, I mean, I think the whole conversation of just, you know, how much our, our cycles change us, the different phases change us. It's going to change our approach, obviously to exercise and so many other things. But I do think that, yeah, there's a lot of women who just feel this pressure to be exercising regularly. And a lot of the times what I have noticed is that the tendency to feel like they're falling off the wagon or feel guilty about not working out happens during those more susceptible phases of, you know, anxiety, injury, depression. So like for instance, around your luteal phase and around your period, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people who are just like, Oh, I feel fat. I feel miserable. I feel this. I feel that like I need to work out. And it's because of the way that their hormones are making them feel first of all, but then, you know, also just this kind of susceptibility to, you know, things that naturally occur within that phase of the cycle. So for instance, like your luteal phase and your menstrual phase, women tend to see um, a little bit of bloating and an increase in their, um, in the late luteal phase, an increase in their metabolism and an increase in their caloric intake because their body is, their metabolism has risen and their body is interested in eating more because of the potential for a baby. So, you know, they're kind of combining these things and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm eating like pig. I feel fat. I feel gross, but they're tired. So then they go and like whip themselves at the gym and then they just feel miserable because they've done too much. So it's this terrible cycle of, you know, I don't feel very good. I need to do something to make myself feel better, but I'm just still miserable while I'm doing that. And they haven't approached it in a healthy way. You know, they haven't approached their mindset. They haven't approached their exercise routine in a healthy way. And it's really just not contributing to, you know, the health of their cycle or the health of their like attitude towards exercise. So yeah, absolutely. I do think that it has, you know, has a big impact. I love the example that you gave. I think that's really helpful. I mean, I know I've, I've totally said this like, oh, I feel fat. I feel bloated. I feel gross. I really just need to work out. It'll make me feel better when it's like, actually probably a nap would feel better and like eating more because I, I feel better and my, my body needs extra fuel. And I think just what you said, it's not just this mind game. It's not like, oh, I'm just not doing it right. I'm not pushing myself hard enough. It's like, no, your body is physically having this change taking place hormonally, there's a shift and your body is telling you something really important. And so I think how often do we ignore it or just start to, to blame our body even more and thinking, mm-hmm. ugh, why can't it just keep up? Why is this so hard when, you know, we're, we're really fighting that uphill battle instead of working, 
with our bodies and thinking exactly. about, gosh, what am I saying to myself? Why, why am I saying this? And just doing some of that, you know, it's almost like reverse engineering, you know, asking those questions and saying, okay, what's going, what's going on right now. And I think like, you know, this, I think just really, I hope for women in, in hearing this is realizing, wow, cycle thinking would really be beneficial for me mm-hmm. to better understand what's going on and, and not just be stuck in these patterns of thinking and this cycle of action where it's like, I hate working out because I'm constantly pushing myself and berating myself instead right. of saying, okay, I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose something that not only feels good, but will be a good option for my workout and, and tailoring again, tailoring. So if you have those goals that you, you can work towards them in freedom. And I think all of this is really helping women to achieve that freedom when it comes to workout workouts, nutrition and, and lifestyle by working with your body instead of against it. Yeah, absolutely. And just that, again, this, this knowledge of your cycle and the knowledge of the way that it makes you feel and why, like it gives you the grace to be able to do that. And it gives you the ability to just flow with things because once again, there's very, but there's very few women really that are, you know, have that mindset of like, okay, I want to do, you know, X workout every single day of the month, because I have this very, very specific goal in mind. Yes, there are some women who are doing that. Yes, there are women who are preparing for, you know, some sort of meet. Maybe they're preparing for a race or maybe they are really into strength training and are preparing for some sort of um, powerlifting or Olympic lifting meet. You know, absolutely. There are people that do that and you can definitely still use cycle syncing to, you know, get to those goals. But even if you're just somebody who is, once again, maintaining your health, having that understanding of like, okay, I don't feel like lifting today, or I don't feel like going on a run, even though that's what I have scheduled. That's okay. I'm going to go ahead and skip that and do something else. I'm going to do some gentle stretching. I'm going to go on a walk with a friend, you know, or whatever it is, or I'm just going to take a nap. Um, You first have to have that understanding of your cycle and why you feel that way and why those, you know, fluctuations happen within each phase. So it's just super important to have this conversation and say, okay, look, this is what a normal cycle looks like. And this is why you're experiencing that. And you can use that information and you don't have to feel guilty about it because you're created this way for a reason. Yeah. And I think what you said, again, so important that having that underlying understanding of the cycle is going to help you to make the decision to pivot in a workout or to plan workouts around your cycle so that you're not in this position where you're having decision fatigue really and having, okay, I need to pivot. I need to change. I'm not feeling good. Oh, I'm not feeling good. Okay. But I should push. Cause I think, especially when it comes to working out and, and creating habits and setting goals, there's a lot of language around like sometimes you have to push through, like you can't just Mm -hmm. use the easy way out, but if you're not cycle syncing, you know, you're probably going to be questioning a lot like, oh, I'm just giving up. Oh, this is me. Like I'm building a new habit. I have to push through. This is just part of the process when it's like, well, it might not be, it might be that it's actually much more beneficial to pivot your workout and you can have a harder workout at a later time in your cycle and really maximize that. But that knowledge of your cycle has to be there at the foundation. Otherwise you don't really know why you're making the decision to pivot. And then I think that just fuels that you know, headspace of saying, Oh, I'm not good at this. I fail at goals. I can't seem to commit what's wrong with me. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's take some steps back. And I know I've done this so much with myself in, in my workout journey when I first starting out and really, you know, owning my workouts beyond like high school sports and saying, okay, now it's, this is kind of on me to see, like, how do I build out a workout schedule? And 
I think just having a baseline of cycle syncing is so helpful and it, and it takes out so much of the decision fatigue when you see all these different workout programs available that may or may not be based on female physiology and the cycle. And so you're just like, what program do I pick? What trainer should I choose? What should, how do I do this? It's like, start with cycle, start with your cycle, start with that knowledge and then build from there. Um, so like practicals of cycle syncing, I know there are a few aspects that individuals asked from our Instagram live that I wanted to incorporate in this interview. Does cycle syncing work if you have an irregular cycle? It really depends. Um, so yes, it can. If you have a, an irregular cycle, let's say, you know, we've talked about people with PCOS, for instance, or endometriosis, maybe where they're experiencing, um, pain at kind of infrequent times throughout their cycle, um, it can work, but it's going to be more tricky. So it really depends on how irregular your cycle is and then, you know, how you want to apply this information. So you can, you know, as you do with fertility awareness, you can look at it from a daily perspective and say, okay, this is kind of what I'm feeling like doing today, because you're in one sense with, you know, for, for instance, somebody like PCOS or somebody who is postpartum and you're not really cycling if it's that irregular, um, then you're really looking at your fertility daily, right? So you could look at your cycle syncing process from the same perspective and say, okay, how do I feel today? You know, or like, look at your kind of ideal week, project that out and say, okay, this is really what I would like to do. I would like to do three to four workouts, for instance. Um, and I'm going to try to plan them around, you know, these days. And then each day, just kind of check in with yourself and again, give yourself a little bit of grace and in that decision-making and say, okay, well, today's, you know, not the best day for me. Like I'm really feeling run down or I had a lot going on outside of, you know, this routine that I had planned. So you can, you can definitely look at it from that perspective. If it's irregular in the sense of, um, you know, maybe you're struggling with PCOS, but it's mild and you are cycling every, let's say every 35 to 50 days, you can then break it down within the phases and have an exercise routine, for instance, within those phases, but it's just gonna look different from somebody who has a pretty regular cycle, save like 20, 30 days. Um, essentially at that point, you're, you're really going to just be um, lengthening the amount of time that you do the same things within each phase. So, you know, for instance, you like to say, well, during my period, I like to keep it pretty simple and do walking and yoga. That's probably going to stay about the same, but then maybe earlier follicular phase, you're talking about, you know, kind of slowly ramping up your routine. At that point, since everything is so based on when, you know, when ovulation kind of kicks into gear, when those hormones start to communicate enough to where you're seeing activity and you're seeing, you know, the actual events of ovulation line up, you really want to be listening to your body at that stage and say, okay, well, if what I'm doing is too much, your body is going to take that as a stressor and that can delay ovulation. So especially for somebody with irregular cycles who might, um, who might struggle with ovulation, you really want to use this information to tune in to what your body is telling you and say, okay, well, this type of routine might be a little bit too much at this phase of my cycle. And then of course, once you get into ovulation and, you know, if you're feeling those high levels of energy, you can obviously incorporate more challenging routines into that time. And once you've ovulated, then again, you're looking at a pretty stable phase of your cycle within your luteal phase. 
so that's going to be fairly regular throughout the month. But again, just using that to tune in and say, okay, well, how is this making me feel and approach it from the perspective of, you know, this type of routine is meant to support you. It's meant to help you with your health, not be a hindrance. So use that information to do that. Um, but yeah, in terms of somebody who isn't really having much of a cycle, that would really be more of, of a daily check-in from my perspective. Okay. And you, and you talked a little bit about this um, with postpartum. What about breastfeeding? Is cycle syncing a challenge with breastfeeding at all, or does that not really impact it? I mean, it would be about the same. Uh, so once again, if you're not cycling yet, it would be a matter of, you know, the same thing of somebody who's postpartum, really early postpartum and wanting to get back into things. Um, if you're breastfeeding and you are starting to see cycles, but they're irregular, it would be similar to somebody, you know, who is dealing with um, maybe some sort of a hormonal imbalance or PCOS, like we were talking about. But it, I mean, it can be done. It's just going to be much, you'd have to be much more flexible with it. Essentially. It's not going to look the same as having a regular cycle. What about, okay. So someone else had asked about menopause on the other end of the spectrum. (laughs) Again, (laughs) I think, I think all of that really is going to be very similar. And once again, it's, it comes down to what does it look like for you? What are your cycles? Um, How are they unique? And, you know, what are you dealing with? What are your goals in particular? Um, so you have to kind of break down those questions and then apply it to your cycle because like, somebody who is in early menopause is going to look different from somebody who is in late menopause, right? So it's a little bit difficult to give kind of, you know, that overall structure. I think for- what's great in all these, in all these answers that you're giving is just, you know, that there, there are options. This is all about tailoring. It's tailoring to your specific season in life and and your cycle and where that's at and what's going on. So it's not necessarily like there's a blanket statement answer. It's like, it's, it's possible in all these different phases, but really, like you had said earlier, it's about that blueprint for your particular cycle, your particular experience, your body, your hormonal health, which I think is so great. So final, final area, can you cycle sync on birth control? I know a few people had asked that from our Instagram live, and I wanted to bring that into this podcast conversation. Yes. Yeah. Again, so yes and no, you can cycle sync on birth control in the sense of, you know, if you're seeing a regular bleed and um, you have about, you know, that 28 day cycle, which is typically right what you see if you're on the pill, you can, you can definitely go through, go through the phases and apply the same principles, but you're not going to be getting really any of the same benefits because you're your cycle has been shut down, right? You're not seeing that communication between your brain and your ovaries, and you're not experiencing those hormonal fluctuations. So yes, you can quote unquote cycle sync, but it's not going to have the same benefits as somebody who is going through a regular cycle and experiencing those natural hormonal fluctuations. And that's really the real reason that you would apply this information. Um, So yes, go ahead, give it a chance. uh, And you know, it might work out great for you. And even just having that fluctuating routine can be really helpful because of how, you know, we're cyclical beings as women and having that mindset is a, a, you know, kind of a great way to approach things in general as a female. But once again, it's just, it's not going to have the same benefit as somebody who is, you know, naturally cycling and seeing those ups and downs, those hormonal ups and downs. It's like you're saying, it's, you're not necessarily, there isn't necessarily a hard and fast blueprint um, for each, you know, each person, but when you break it down into the cycle phases, that's when you can get more specific and say, okay, you know, during 
the menstrual phase when you're bleeding, lower levels of energy, you know, kind of keep things a little bit more low key. You're not, you know, you're not feeling quite the same spurt of energy as you do later on. So you can apply, um, you know, certain concepts to that phase of the cycle that are going to look different compared to ovulation, for instance, when, you know, all of your hormones, your estrogen, testosterone, for instance, are at their height. And that's when women feel the most energy you're able to recover fastest. Um, you're able to really move the most weight, for instance, around ovulation, those principles apply to the phases, but then you have to figure out what do your phases look like? and how, what's the length that I'm seeing approximately and how can I apply that information to my specific cycle phases? That's awesome. That's really helpful. And then, okay, last question, <laughs> any books that you would recommend or podcasts so an individual can keep learning or just to give a, you know, I think just more information beyond our interview if they're like, wow, I really want to know even more. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned the book Roar by Dr. Stacey Sims. That's a great one if you're looking into um, just talking about cycle syncing exercise in particular. But if you want to learn more about just the concept of cycle syncing, really, um, Alyssa Viti is a, an excellent resource. She has a couple of different books. Uh, Woman Code is one of her books. And then In the Flow is a newer one that I actually haven't read yet, but uh, I've heard that it's an excellent read. And then Gabrielle Lichterman has a book called 28 Days, and she's actually the woman who kind of pioneered the concept of cycle syncing. I believe in the 90s was when she started looking into it, and she's a journalist. But so those are some good resources if you're trying to dip your toe and get an idea of what it means to cycle sync and how you can apply it to different areas of your life. Of your life. And if you're particularly interested in exercise, then Roar is a great resource for that. Um, and I'm hoping to have some more resources, hoping to share my cycle syncing strength training routine this summer, if I can get myself going with that. Um, but otherwise, I don't know of any podcasts, unfortunately, I haven't heard of any that talk too much about cycle syncing. I'm sure there, there are probably a few out there, certainly a couple episodes, but I'd have to look into that more and see, do a deep dive into the podcast world and see if I could discover some. But now there's this one. Exactly. I was just going to say, well, it sounds like something you need to start. So this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much Mary, for being on the show and just talking more about cycle syncing and how it works and just really giving a good breakdown. I think this is going to be an awesome episode. I know it's a longer one, but I think it's really helpful for individuals who, um, you know, have probably heard the term or have, you know, seen professional teams talking about it and they're like, what the heck is that? Oh, it's probably for a professional athlete, athlete, not realizing, no, this is something that every woman can do. So really grateful for your knowledge and your business. We'll definitely be linking to your work in the show notes so that individuals can reach out to you if they'd like to work with you. I think it's so great to actually have someone on who's also in the space of working individually with clients and offering courses so that there's a really great practical actionable step for individuals to take after they listen. So thank you so much. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. And we'll definitely link to everything in the show notes that we discussed as well as the books and recommendations that you gave. So individuals can definitely learn more. Yes. So exciting. Well, thank you so much for having me, Bridget. This has been great. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends, and help expand the conversation around women's health. If you'd like to learn more about fertility awareness, visit www.managingyourfertility.com for more information, resources, guides, and so much more.